Hello again, it's Darren Steele, and welcome to the Living Out Podcast. I'm an expert at helping gay men break out of the status quo and use their unique life experiences to create the kind of impact in their life that they can be proud of. I'm a gay life coach, a writer, and a strong supporter of queer voices. I'm the founder and publisher of Think Queerly on Medium. That's thinkqueerly.com, the editor of Gay Guide Network, and you can find out everything about me and my coaching at darrensteele.com. So I want to do something a bit different in this episode, and I want to talk post Pride, so post-Toronto Pride, I live in Toronto, Canada, and look at what Pride means to me. Now, should we party? Should we protest? Should we embrace both? Should we move on to something else? There's a lot of argument, a lot of discussion going on, and on my publication, Think Queerly, we've had a Pride writing prompt for the month of June. And a lot of people have come out generally negative about Pride, looking at the big challenge of how Pride has been uh, turned into a big corporation. It's all about the money, the commodification of Pride, and some of the bigger issues like companies that are sort of, well, not just sort of, uh, companies that are taking on things like the pride flag and using it in their advertisements and the question of like what does that really mean especially if we don't know the es- the ethics of the company involved and if they're giving pride or the gay community or the lgbt community money who else are they giving money to and uh, what's happening right now for example with the fifa world cup in russia is russia is dead set, the language here is appropriate, against homosexuality, any kind of diversion from the status quo of a straight man and a straight woman. And they are oppressing, they are jailing, they are beating, they are killing LGBTQ people. And in Chechnya, it is even worse. You know, um, it's, it's, it's impossible. It's unfathomable what's happening to gay, lesbian, queer people in Russia and in Chechnya. And yet, there is the FIFA World Cup that has in their mission statement or their mandate something about inclusion and the rights to all people, to equality. Yet, they're a corrupt organization that is receiving so much money from Russia that they have been bought out, not dissimilar to the Olympics in many ways, and Please, all that information is easily found online if you Google. So I'm not worried about that being a defamatory comment. It's a simple fact that can be backed up with a simple Google search. Now, Budweiser Beer is an example of a company that's putting a lot of money into various pride organizations into the the United States. They are also sponsoring the FIFA World Cup. So there's a really serious contradiction. What does that mean? They're sponsoring the Russian regime that is hell-bent on eliminating, killing, eliminating in the sense of killing gay people. And yet, they're giving money to pride committees. So number one at fault is Budweiser. Number two at fault 
and shame on any of the pride committees that are still accepting this money from this morally corrupt company. Yes, I know, there are economics and prides might just be happening and maybe they didn't know and maybe they did know and maybe somebody's getting their pockets lined. But I only mention that because it is a serious problem with respect to how large many prides have become. This is the thing. All things change with time. Now, on the one hand, here we are in Toronto, Canada, with, you know, we had World Pride in 2014. I don't know how many people came to the city. It was packed. But on average, we have about a million people that come out on the Sunday to watch the parade and to take part in the festival. And Pride runs for a month. And basically, the week leading into the um, Sunday Pride and Pride Parade weekend is, is chock full of events. It is managed by a staff of a number of people, a board of directors, all year round to run an organization like this. So on the one hand... I have to think, isn't this fantastic that we've come this far that we can have parades and events and festivals this large because we're not being stuck in a dingy bar run by the mafia to pay off the police that allows the police to once in a while come in and bust up a few queers and drag queens and transvestites and then be on their way. Way back in 1969, I'm having a brain blank at the moment, when that first brick was thrown and then the riot started in Stonewall in New York, people had enough. Well, for many of us in North America, we are privileged to be able to have public and large prides. It doesn't mean the fight is over. It doesn't mean that there are not challenges ahead. As somebody wrote on my publication, if you really want to experience pride and if you really want to support what pride is at its roots, go find and attend a small town pride where it's really just a march, where there's probably no corporate sponsors. I remember when I was at university in Ottawa, Canada, and how small Pride was, and it was wonderful because it had that feel of still being something meaningful in a protest and that feeling of, yeah, I'm involved because I participated in the parade. And a good 15, 20 years ago, when one of our provincial governments Uh, The NDP at that time under Bob Ray was trying to bring in um, a bill that would allow gays and lesbians to officially adopt. They held a free vote in the House. And it was defeated because a number of people in the NDP party did not, in their good conscience, believe that gays or lesbians should be able to adopt. Now, in that parade... The parade route was actually diverted and went um, to the Ontario legislature, and you were invited to partake and follow the parade route and protest, which I did. And it was just, it just brings the hairs up on my skin to remind me that the fight still exists. 
And so this is the problem and part of sometimes what we see as an ageist sort of dichotomy in pride. Sometimes the very young people coming into pride, like wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, they're like, wow, this is so exciting. Look at all these gay people and it's wonderful. And truly, that is. Can you imagine coming out in the very same year as a pride and going to a pride and seeing all this love and seeing all this representation if you see yourself represented? That would be a phenomenal feeling. But what if you didn't have that? We haven't had that 30, 40, 50 years ago, and now we have it. But then what about the people that are older that feel like, oh, the younger people are taking older over and they're not respecting older people, or I'm 52 and sometimes I feel like, do I really want to go out to this big dance party? It's like, yeah, hell yes, I do, because there's something very tribal about being around my people and dancing, and feeling free, and feeling liberated, and not feeling like I'm being looked at the wrong way. Because I'm dancing however I want with my lover. Because other men can look at me and give me the eye, and vice versa, and there's no worry that someone's going to want to punch me in the face because they're upset that they're not attracted to me, and somehow their identity their, their worry is that their identity is compromised. So that's, that's part of it all. It's really complicated. If pride were to remain forever a protest, where would that leave us? I have some thoughts on that. I think pride will always be political as long as it continues to exist. You know, pride as a celebration, because it's celebrated, is a priori political because of its origins, because of where it's come from. And even to those people for whom pride just seems like a big party, the nature and existence of pride is dependent upon the foundations of a political movement. You know, Stonewall, and before Stonewall, there were people in the Mattachine Society and Stonewall that were starting the roots, the foundation of a movement. Now, When I say the politics, the politics of pride are things like visibility, acceptance, and equality. If you go out to pride, and if somebody is watching an onlooker, we're basically saying, hey, take notice. We're here, we're queer, we're gay, we're lesbian, we're trans, we're whatever. And you need to see that we exist. And we will march. We will protest. We will party in the streets to celebrate who we are and that love is love. And we will experience that freedom in the moment of just allowing ourselves to be in a public space with safety and security. And I think, as I said earlier, you know, nothing remains the same. Change is the only constant in life. So, you know, how well a specific pride does to espouse its political leanings or its foundations is going to vary from place to place, like city to city, country to country, and from time to time. But for pride to exist, it is, and it has to be political. And it will always allow for the possibility of political expression, no matter how small that is. And I think back to, I believe it was two years ago, Black Lives Matters um, protested 
within the actual parade in Toronto. They blocked the parade for about 30, 45 minutes. They had a set of demands. They weren't moving until the executive director of Pride Toronto signed a form with their demands. And I believe all of their demands were actually met in a public meeting or a couple of meetings several months later. Honestly, when that happened, I was annoyed, and it took me a while to learn, to understand, and to respect why that was so important. And it's simple. One of the biggest demands that Black Lives Matters had, there were some challenges with there were no black people on the Pride Board. Um, there were some changes happening to events that would represent the black LGBTQ community. But there were some serious problems with the police and police policing, and they wanted to exclude uniformed officers from marching in the parade and from having a booth at the festival. And what we have to remember, what I needed to remember to open up my brain to understand why this was so important is that the origins of Stonewall was about police violence. What my problem was, and I haven't been able to reconcile it, but I, I, I think I have, was that what about the officers who are gay or lesbian or trans that are part of the police force? Well, yes, that's a problem. I'm not sure how to reconcile that. But to satisfy a group that has been marginalized more than any other, we needed to make changes as a pride organization in Toronto to show a level of respect and a level of inclusion and to make that group of people and how they identified to feel safe. And one of the things that we struggle for and strive for as LGBTQ people is to have pride. And pride is a belief that who you are currently as something other than what is the heteronormative male or female straight that what you are is perfectly acceptable and natural, that there's nothing wrong with you, that what you are and who you are and who you love deserves respect. And what that means is no one has a right to tell you that you can't live your life in the way that you feel most comfortable in the way in which you love someone else and the way in which you identify in your gender and in your sexuality. And this is, going back to the beginning, one of the challenges of the commercialization of pride because, generally speaking, a lot of pride organizations are run by cis white people. While a lot of companies may work towards, and I'm talking about businesses and corporations, may work towards like different types of inclusion, having more women in the workspace, having more LGBTQ people in the workspace. Well, we as 
a group of communities, because we have no single leader. We have no single gay leader. We have no single lesbian leader. We have no single bisexual leader. We have no single trans leader. We are not a single community, but we are brought together because of a common struggle. And often within our communities, there is infighting because someone doesn't feel represented. And that often comes from a lack of awareness. We are all stuck in our own little boxes of what we understand to be true about ourselves and the world. And the most important thing I think we can all do when we're confronted with something that makes us uncomfortable, and I'm talking about someone else's identity, we need to ask ourselves why does this make me uncomfortable? Where does this come from? What I'm seeing anyway, a lot of the discomfort right now is around trans people. For a lot of people, this is very new. This is very different. But to reiterate what I said at the beginning, there is no constant other than change. We have to learn as part of global humanity, that there isn't a perfectly straight male and there isn't a perfectly straight female. Some people are born into a body and they feel like they have been born into the wrong body. Some people are born into the body and they're happy with their body, but if they're male, they just don't feel in any way masculine. They feel entirely feminine. But they're happy with their cis male body. And the same for a cis female who may be more butch or may come out and identify as a dyke from a political standpoint. But it is within the status quo framing of identities that we get stuck and or in ideologies and religions that limit and try and control who you are allowed to be. And there's no good reason for why you can't be who you are. So let me ask an open question that's almost a statement in its own way. Should we remain marginalized, throwing bricks, having protests in the streets, or should we embrace both the party and the protest that make up what pride started as and has become? You know, should we embrace the commercialization and the commodification, but perhaps look to how we could better control who profits from our identities and how we will represent ourselves within pride events based on how money is donated? What kind of controls could pride committees put into place so that they make sure that whatever organization or business is donating money is up to par with their morals and their ethics, and that they have like a cancellation clause that maybe allows them to keep that uh, donation if the company violates the moral code of what's deemed acceptable. Pride has lost its original foundational meaning from how it first started. But that's the thing. Everything changes, and that is not a nod to forgetting or ignoring the past. It's just the awareness and the acceptance that things 
change. And things go off course. That's what happens. People get upset. Sometimes we forget how hard we've had to struggle to that to get to a particular point. You know, we lived through an AIDS crisis, and now there are drugs that are keeping people alive and don't even show up as having HIV. What? This is incredible that people are, are living. And our community has suffered through so much. And sometimes, after years of pain like that, Many people just want to forget, and they want to have a party. But that can't go on forever if things aren't completely equal, which they're not. You know, there's power in numbers and in representation and and an acceptance that we need to seize upon when we think about our brothers and our sisters in other countries who don't have the same rights and privileges that we do in North America, generally speaking. These are people who risk their lives to even show up publicly and express in any way a variation um, in how they present themselves. So if they don't appear straight, they could be bashed or killed. If they dare take a pride flag or try and even have some sort of a protest, they can be arrested, jailed, beaten, or just disappeared, as has happened in Chechnya. I think one of the big problems is that it's so easy to complain about what you see isn't working and yet sit back in your chair and not doing anything about it. Compromises are always something that have to be made, but we have to decide what we won't compromise on. My take is that I would take the commercialization of pride any day over being marginalized or oppressed by a government and a state or being jailed for doing what the laws of a land deem indecent. I'm not saying the commercialization of pride is perfect, but it has afforded us a privilege. We just may need to look at how prides are organized and reorganize some of our procedures around what's morally acceptable and whom we are receiving donations from and whether that fits in with supporting all of our causes. Heavy? Uh, I hope not. (laughs) Pride events bring out the best and sometimes bring out the worst in all of us. And The fact that it still exists tells us that there is still a struggle, that we are still fighting for our rights and in many cases fighting for our lives. So if you have the privilege, the power, the economic advantage to help out in any way, if you're someone who's sat back and wondered, how can this improve? Take a stand. Put your money where your mouth is, volunteer, write an article, start a petition, start and or go to a protest, but don't sit back. Because sitting back will allow other governments, people like Donald Trump and Jeff Sessions and Mike Pence, 
to slowly erode away at rights that have been brought forth to protect LGBTQ people. And before you know it, you're going to be living in a fascist, evangelical regime that's going to start putting people away. And it's not going to be any different than living in a Russia or a Chechnya. Wow. I wasn't expecting that to be such a downer podcast. I'm not sorry. I think it's the sort of stuff that needs to be talked about, needs to be heard, needs to be shared. I would really appreciate hearing your constructive comments. I don't want this to be a fight. I want people to think differently about how pride can continue to evolve and serve more of our communities wholeheartedly and inclusively. Thank you for listening, as always, to the Living Out Podcast. If you've got a question that I could help you with, please join the discussion by making a comment under uh, my blog post on darrensteel.com. That's D-A-R-R-E-N-S-T-E-H-L-E.com. You can also find me on Twitter and the same name. It's just at Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N-S-T-E-H-L-E. And to find out more about my coaching, go to the Work With Me tab on my website. And until next time, live out, live proud, and live with pride.